Are still happening, God, this day. 
are still moving, Lord God. So we give you praise, Lord. We give you glory. We give you all the honor.
For he is the 
Thousand years ago, Gabriel went to Mary. He told her of the plan, but it sounded kind of scary. She would have a summer bath, the perfect Lord of all. So they both would go to him to find a place they could afford. They were in the room, but they were not able. They tried and tried, but finally had a baby in a stable. The wise men travel on a journey filled with danger. They fall on a star to see a baby in a manger. Because of the child, so they wanted to be sure. So they got the gold to take and sit something to come her. The angel told Joseph to take your family and depart. She cared he is coming and he's got an evil heart. So Joseph told Mary, I think we better flee. So they loaded up the mule and they moved to Galilee. So that's my Christmas step. I hope you like my stories told by your favorite Word. Everything I have 
John 6, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, so that whomsoever believes in him may not perish, but have eternal life. God did not send his son into the world, into the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him.
So please just take one from the the gift that they will be offering to you. They're in a bowl. Take one. Thank you. The Father gave the Son. The Son gave the Spirit. The Spirit gives the sign. So we can give the gifts of love, and the gift goes on, and the gift goes on, and the gift goes on, and the gift goes on. Don't you love to get a present wrapped up in a Christmas bow? I'll give each of us a present on that night so long ago. It's a gift that keeps on giving if our spirits can receive. It's the secret joy of living if our hearts can just believe. And the gift goes on. the kids a round of applause huh and uh it looked like they worked pretty hard on that in uh in proverbs 22 6 it says train up a child in the way he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it uh yes Let's pray for the children. Heavenly Father, thank you for blessing us with the children. 
Thank you for letting us give them the Spirit, your Holy Spirit, Lord. And thank you for, man, thank you for everything for the children, Lord. Bless them. Take care of them. In the name of Jesus, amen. I, uh, I just have a few announcements. Uh, I was, uh, I guess I was a little misled this morning. I thought Teresa was coming up here, but it is what it is. Uh, we have a couple of announcements. The year's uh, coming to a close. <clears throat> and uh, in January, uh, it's the beginning of a whole new year. We made it through 2020, amen? Jeez, Louise. Uh, it's, it's still not over. I know uh, we can see the light at the end of the tunnel, but man, we're still far from the finish. It's the beginning of the end. If that's good. Uh, January 1st is uh, Shabbat, and that's at 6 p.m. Uh, those of you that attend Shabbat, that's when it is. I'm lost. I got lost there. Uh, January 3rd is uh, the annual meeting at 2 p.m. And uh, there was an email that Pastor Lewis sent out, I believe. Not yet. We still have time, Pastor. Uh and if you if you know uh, if you know of any of our members that have not attended in a while, be sure to remind them that January third uh, that we're having this meeting, and uh, their vote is uh, important to the church. Uh, I forgot to get ushers. Uh, sorry, Casey, would you mind, please? I'm sorry. Will the ushers please come forward? I'm sorry I was on the little kids and all. God bless them, man. Jeez, Louise. I uh, I remember when I was in a Baptist church uh, when I was growing up, and uh, there was a children's choir, and I was in that, and I remember that. I remember that. These kids are going to remember this when, when they get older. And uh, if we can just keep them set in their ways, man, they'll be, they'll be coming to church all the time. Amen. There was a teacher uh, teaching arts and crafts, and the teacher asked little Billy, hey, little Billy, what are you drawing? And little Billy said, uh, I'm drawing God. And the teacher says, I'm sorry, Billy. Uh, nobody knows what God looks like. And Billy says, you will when I'm done with this picture. <laughs> will you come forward, please? Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, I'm still... Uh... Kids are creative, man. It, like Jesus said, out of the mouth of babes, man. There's these guys. Kids have uh, no restrictions. Will you come forward, please? Please uh, stretch out your hands. <clears throat> Heavenly Father, thank you for this, these uh, tithes and offerings, Lord. Let them bless the church and bless the congregation and bless the children as well, Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you, Albert. Bless the Lord, all my soul, and all that is within, all that is within me. Amen. All right. Let me just emphasize what Albert just said about the annual business meeting. It's actually two weeks from today.
two weeks from today, it'll be at two o'clock. And um, I would encourage all members to be here. We will be voting in new uh, board members actually. Um, and so, um, and of course, discussing other issues uh, for the year of 2021. Um, so please uh, make a, an effort to be here. We need at least 51% of the um, uh, members to be here and I think we'll do that. So again, it's two weeks from today, uh, January the 3rd, 2021. Can you believe that? 2021. It's amazing, isn't it? And um, also, as he mentioned, uh, January 1st, which is on a Friday, what a better way to start the year off, right? With a Shabbat. And so we encourage all of you to come to that, uh, to Shabbat. You know, Easter and Christmas used to be the two holidays that most people came out to that don't regularly attend church. And anymore, it seems like not even Easter or Christmas draws people in. That is a clear signal of how so many people are falling away. And the Bible talks about in the last days, there's going to be what? There's going to be a great falling away. And for whatever reason, I know that several years ago, we would have to put out chairs because this place was packed on a Christmas uh, morning that we would have our service, um, or not Christmas morning, but when we had their Christmas program, uh, we used to have to set out chairs. Uh, I kid you not, we had well over 100 people here. Uh, and for several years now, it's been dwindling down to just a few of us. Um, and so again, it's just a clear indication how we're living in the last days, that in the last days, there will be a great falling away, and, and we see that happening. Uh, if you get a chance before you leave this morning, uh, make sure you tell the kids they did a great job if, if they get out here. Uh, but just as importantly, uh, let Teresa and Marianne and uh, Tina and Joyce uh, know that they did a good job with these kids because they did, um, they, they put a lot of work into it, really. They did. Um, these uh, kids that were up here dressed in boxes or gifts. <laughs> um, it, it took a lot of time. Uh, the masks that they were wearing, compliments of uh, Charlene here. Uh, she made these masks for the kids. And so if, any, if anyone ever wants a personalized mask, talk to Charlene and she'll hook you up. <laughs> she's, she's a great seamstress. And so uh, she can do this for you. Um, God is good. And all the time. Amen, amen. Well, if you can give me just about 35 minutes of your time, and I want to share a message with you this morning, um, and um, then we'll be done. So, by the way, next week, next week, I will not be here, okay? It'll be the last Sunday of the year. Uh, however, Thomas will be ministering next week, and so I know that you will enjoy that, uh, enjoy him. Uh, so, so make sure that you come out and uh, support him and uh, finish out the year finish out 2020 uh, in service. And so again, uh, my wife and I, we are going, um, we're going hunting. <laughs> uh, well, I'm going hunting. Teresa's going to go camping, I guess. And so um, if you remember a few weeks ago, I, I told you about one of the benefits of turning 65 uh, was I was able to uh, purchase an elk permit. Uh, unfortunately, it happened to be on Christmas weekend. Um, so uh, I, I bought the permit. And so Teresa and I will be leaving on Christmas Day. Uh, we'll be going out to the mountains. And um, so we'll be out there and uh, we'll just um, hope that we get um, an elk. Okay. Hey, man. Did you enjoy, did you enjoy that worship? Yeah. I, I, I really enjoyed that first song. I enjoyed all of them. But that first song, 
it just really had an uplift kind of a spirit. Guys, let's put Corona aside this morning, okay? Let's put the restrictions aside this morning, okay? We're in church. We're here to glorify God, amen? We're here to bless the Lord. And so I want you for just the next 35, 40 minutes at the most, I want you just to concentrate on one thing. And I think the kids did it. The songs that we sang, it spoke of, He's the greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ. Now, you know that God created all things, right? He created the stars and the moon and the sun. He created all things and he created man. And when he created Adam, he created Adam already full grown. So he could have done the same thing when Jesus was born. But he chose to bring him through an infant. Through an infant. And uh, this morning, I want to talk about a little bit and go into depth a little bit more about what these kids brought up, what we sang about this morning, that gift, that gift. And I want us really to concentrate on the fact that I believe as I look around here this morning, I believe every one of us are believers. Every one of us at some point or another, we came to the realization that we were a sinner. Somebody brought it to your attention whether it was in church or just out and about it was that was that's the way it was for me but someone brought it to your attention that you were a sinner and it was at that point that you realized that you needed a savior for some reason and I, I just don't know why I, 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 can, I can say that I, I've done the same thing because I've been serving the Lord for over 45 years but I still remember the day that I gave my life to God. It wasn't at an altar. Although the first time I did go to an altar, but I think I was doing it more to convince men, not so much myself, the way I was brought up. and The way that I know that I received Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior was when I was driving down the road. And of course, everything that had been done, when I was at that altar, people prayed with me. David Fuller, he ministered the word to me uh, every evening when we were working together. But it was while I was going down all by myself, and I realized that everything that had been said to me, everything said, just, just sank into my, into my spirit. And it was at that moment that I realized, and I remember I pulling the car over, and I remember at that point just saying, Lord Jesus, I am so sorry for all my sins. Please forgive me. Come into my heart and be Lord of my life. I will never forget that day that I did that. Was it a Damascus experience like Paul had? No, I didn't fall off a horse and the lights lit up and everything. But I knew with inside of me, I knew that something new was beginning to start, a brand new life. And I have to say that even after that, I... Uh, I, I drew an interest in God's word. Then I, then I had an interest in, in, in having a, a time of prayer. Just, just me and God, just communion, just, just talking to him. Not necessarily talk, uh, praying about anything other than just, just me and him talking. Just saying, God, I love you so much. Thank you for your son, Jesus, that died on the cross for me. And so I remember just, and, and, and as I did that, I remember 
wanting to read. And I remember the first gift that Teresa gave me. We were still dating. And she gave me a Bible. It's a small little Bible, but it was from Genesis to Revelation. And I don't think I did this to impress her. I think that, and I believe that, that the experience that I had, I fell in love with Jesus Christ. And I remember taking that little Bible and I took it home and day after day, night after night, I would look at, the, at all the books in the Bible. And within about two weeks, I memorized every book in the Bible from Genesis to Revelations. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, Joshua, Judges. I, I, recognize, I memorized all of them. And I remember being with Teresa and I said, look, babe, I don't think I was calling her babe yet. I wasn't to that point yet. <laughs> and I said, look, look. And I, I quoted every book in the Bible. And she was so impressed. Again, I don't believe I did this to impress her. There was something brewing inside of me. It started early, guys. I fell in love with Jesus Christ. And I believe that because I fell in love with Jesus Christ, it wasn't long, even after we were married, that I began to have an interest in teaching. And I started with the little kids and just gradually moved up. I've said this before and I'll say it again because it just fits in so well that at the church that we came from, we had on Thursday nights what was called prayer and share. The pulpit was open to whoever wanted to go up there and just share a verse of scripture or a testimony, whatever. And those were great times. Hello. And I think, <laughs> yeah. And, and I think that, uh, I, I think that when, when I realized that, that there was something there, I, I took advantage of those Thursday nights. But it wasn't so much spontaneous that I would just go up there and just open the Bible. And, and, and as it was for so many, I, I remember that during that time, there was, it, it seemed like the same person over and over and over again. Every Thursday, I thank Jesus for my salvation. And it was the same testimony week after week after week, year after year after year. I think some people just like the fact of getting behind a pulpit and just, 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 just speaking. But during the week, God would move in my life. God would speak to me. And it was during that time that I would get into the Word and come Thursday night, there was an, an exhortation there that I wanted to share with the people. And I would get behind the pulpit and I would just, just let the Holy Spirit begin to flow and, and I would just share that. And next thing you know, there was just an interest of just wanting to preach the Word of God. Friends, I want you to know Jesus did this for me. <laughs> He's the one. He's alive inside my soul. He's alive in my spirit. And friends, you may not understand, why does this guy get so excited? Because he died for me. Because he hung on the cross. Because he provided everlasting life for me. And so friends, that is someone to get excited about. Hallelujah. Amen, amen. You know, every once in a while, I sit back, and you, I've told you this before, and I'll get to my message here in just a little bit. This is just a little kind of, uh, just to whet your appetite a little bit. Uh, but, um, you know, I, uh, I, I've said this before, that, that Monday mornings are, are sometimes the hardest times for me because 
it's, it's on a Monday morning that I sit there in my office and I reflect on a lot of what I said and, and, and how, I, how I presented the message. And, and sometimes I, get, I, get, I, I beat myself over because I get, because I get too excited. And, and I make, a, I make a, a, a point of, come next Sunday, I'm just going to kick back and just be, be calm about this whole thing. But you know what? I can't do that. I can't do it. Because every time I get behind this pulpit, the Spirit of God just begins to move in my spirit, and I want to express everything that He wants to uh, work through me, and there's just an excitement. Guys, I want you to know I love Him. I love Him because of what He's done, and guys, He is the greatest gift that I've ever, ever received. You know, the day that I got married, I thought that was the greatest. I really did. The day that I met my wife, when I met Teresa, when she was there painting, I mean, make sure, lock those doors back there because every time I begin to say something about my wife, she happens to walk through there and she catches me. But there's just something that, uh, you know, when I, when I first saw her, when I met her, when I, when I began to talk to her and, and then just the dates that we had, I thought that I had really found the person, in, which I did, but I really found that there was a person there that was just going to meet all of the needs in my life. But I realized that she wasn't the one. It's him. He's the only one. Hallelujah. And I want you to know that, and if my sister was here, she said it many times, if any of my family members were here, they would tell you that I was one of the quietest, the shy person. I had a hard time getting in front of people. But I'm telling you that when the Holy Spirit gets a hold of you and he begins to just move in you, when you begin to realize where he brought you from, where he's brought you to, I'm not ashamed. I'm not ashamed to declare the gospel. I'm not ashamed to declare that Jesus Christ is Lord of my life. And if I get excited, I get excited. I think some of you need to light a fire in your spirit as well. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, I just, I just don't understand. I, uh, we were created to worship. He, he, he wants us. He wants that, that, that communion with him through worship. And, and what a great, what a, what a better way to express what's in here than to just simply raise your hands and say, God, just, just totally surrender to him. What, what, what a better way to express your love for him. And to be able to just, with every with every ounce of energy. I, I love that song that Bob sang before. It's your breath in my lungs. It's, it's the breath in my lungs. Friends, you woke up this morning because God gave you another day and he breathed that breath of life into you. So what do we do with that? And so, yeah, there are times that I'll sit here and I'll just stand and I'll just worship real quietly. But then there's times that something moves inside of me and I just want to, with the, every ounce of energy, just want to yell it out and just let him know how much I love him and I just want to worship him. I'll guarantee you that when you cross over the burly gates, when, when, the, when the trumpet sounds, 
when that trumpet sounds and you're caught up in the air and you cross through the pearly gates and when you see his face, I'll guarantee you, you're not going to walk in there and say, oh, there he is. I know I'm not. I'm not because I'm going to fall on my face and I'm going to cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Hallelujah. When I see him face to face, I'm going to know this is my redeemer. My redeemer lives. I know the one that hung on that cross and I'm going to sit there and that may be for eternity, but I'm going to cry out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Friends, just like those angels that we read about in the book of Revelations where they just cried out, holy, holy, holy is the Lord God almighty. Hallelujah. Man, I'm telling you, I get goosebumps in the back of my just thinking about crossing the pearly gates and just wanting to see the face of Jesus and just being there in the presence of my God forever and forever. Hallelujah. This is the gift that I received 40-some years ago, and this is the same gift that keeps on giving because every year after that, he kept giving and giving and giving, and until the day that we hear that trumpet sound, he's going to continue to give you, friends. One of the greatest things that he left here for us is the power of his Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. This morning, this morning when we all go our separate places, guess what? You take the presence of God with you. Hallelujah. He's not limited to just one place. He's all over. Glory to God. You know, this morning, he's at every church in the Northeast Heights, the Southeast, the Northwest. He's all over Albuquerque. And friends, he's all over the whole uh, United States of America. He's in Florida. He's in Los Angeles. Hallelujah. He's in Montana. And he's down in Texas. Glory to God. He's over in Cambodia. He's over in Iran and Iraq. Hallelujah. He's over in Africa. He's all over the world. Glory to God. And that's the presence of the Holy Spirit. And that's the gift that he gave us as well. Hallelujah. Well, I guess I should get into the message. Amen. If you haven't experienced Jesus the way that I have or the way others have, maybe you need to revisit place where you can come and totally, totally surrender yourself to God. Hallelujah. Go with me to the book of Luke. The book of Luke, I'm going to read several verses of scripture there. Last week I talked about it and they quoted the scripture this morning over in Isaiah chapter 9, for unto us a child is born. And, uh, you know, Isaiah was talking about the fact that he's uh, our counselor, mighty God. And uh, he's, he's the Prince of Peace. So pretty much my whole message was last week um, that he is this peace, the peace that surpasses all understanding. Over in, in Luke, I used uh, the verse of Scripture, verse 11 out of chapter 2. For there is born to you this day the city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. By the way, let me just make a disclaimer here, okay, and just so that you'll all understand. Jesus was not born on December 25th, okay? He was not born on December 25th. 
um, more than likely, I don't know, October, um, somewhere uh, during the Feast of, um, of uh, uh, Tabernacles, I believe it is. So he was not born. However, we'll take what they're doing right now and celebrating, okay? The world doesn't understand this, and little do they know that we just came out of Hanukkah, okay? Hanukkah was the feast of what? It's called the Feast of Lights, the Feast of Lights, okay? And, um, of course, we didn't have a Hanukkah celebration this year, which we have every year, but it's, it's called the Feast of Lights. And when you go to the book of John, you'll see where Jesus himself went to, and he went to the Feast of, uh, the feast of Dedication, Okay, what were they dedicating? They're dedicating the, 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 the temple that had been taken over, and so they're rededicating the temple, and it's called the Feast of Lights. And so uh, little did people know, and so this is the reason that I say that even though it's not December 25th, but we'll take it because this world, especially the unbelievers, little do they know that they are somewhat, uh, somehow uh, also experiencing the Feast of Lights. Why do I say that? You drive throughout the whole city at night, and the whole city is lit up with all these beautiful lights, right? Where did that start? I don't think anybody really knows where it started, but we can, we can attach it to the Feast of Lights or the Feast of Dedication. And so here are a bunch of uh, heathens out there. <laughs> they light it all up. <laughs> they have it all over the news, and they say, look at this house, and they put music to it, and little do they know that they are, in a sense, celebrating the Feast of Lights. I'll take it, guys. I'll take it. I, I, I believe that it's through times like this that they can, at some point, begin to experience what life was like back in the times of Jesus, the Feast of Lights. The tree, the tree that's put inside the house, how can we connect that? Well, Jesus died, and he hung on what? We say he was hung on, he, he was hung on a cross. That's what we say, but what does the Scripture say? He was hung on a tree, on a tree. When we were over in Israel, and we were over at the tomb, his tomb, I'm sitting there, I'm waiting for Mariana, for Teresa, and for Pauline to come out. People are looking at us kind of like, hey, they've been in there for a long time. Could you please get them out of there? I was not about to interfere with what they were experiencing inside the tomb at that point. They were experiencing a real presence of God. But I'm sitting there just waiting, and I'm waiting, and I'm sitting there, and I look across, just across that little patio there, and I see a tree. And the tree, I've got a picture of it. The tree is in a shape of a cross. It's just amazing that that would be there at his tomb. The tree, people buy the tree. Little do they know. Little do they know that they are. So my hope is this. My hope is this with my own family. That when they put up the lights, that when they put up the tree, and when they recognize that this is the season that they celebrate Jesus, I would hope that they would recognize that there's a whole reason and a purpose for him to come, uh, coming and uh, being born as a baby. It's so that they can recognize that they need a Savior as well. Hallelujah. That's my hope. My hope that through this whole thing, you know, this whole season, this whole month of December, even though it's been so different for all of us, I mean, it's, it's, it just has a different flavor this morning or, or this year because, because of the restrictions. But friends, he's still there. His presence is still here. 
He's still ministering. Hallelujah. He can minister to your family. Just pray and say, God, during this season, they call, they say that Jesus is the reason for the season and maybe not understand the whole, the whole uh, concept behind that. But I, you would pray to, for your family. Let this year be the season that they recognize that you came. You came to die and to save them and to provide eternal life for them. Amen. And so I read out of uh, Luke uh, chapter 2, For there is born to you this day a city of David, a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign to you. You will find a babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with an angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace, goodwill toward men. And again, my whole issue was last week, peace. Are we experiencing peace? Well, far from it. Far from it. We're, we're experiencing so much uh, other stuff besides the peace. Uh, because so many times we connect that peace with what the world gives us. And that's not what it's talking about. Who is our peace? The scripture says he's our peace. Jesus Christ is our peace. He's the only one that can satisfy. And so this morning I want to go over to Luke chapter 2 once again. And I want to start reading from um, verse, uh, let me see, um, verse 25. And, and, and just, just listen to what's going on here, okay? Verse 25, And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. This man was just and devout. He was just and devout. In other words, he was a follower of God. He loved God. And uh, there was something, there's something that's going to happen here with this man, Simeon. Now look what it says. This man was just and devout, and he was waiting for the consolation of Israel and the Holy Spirit was upon him. That word, or those three words right there, just got a hold of me early in the week as I was preparing for to, uh, this morning. And, and it's just stayed with me over and over. And I hope that you take it home with you as well, that consolation of Israel. This was what Simeon was waiting for. This is what Jerusalem was waiting for, okay? There was something that was brewing in the air during the time that Jesus was born as an infant. Not everybody was expecting that, but there was plenty of people that felt that there was just something in the air that was about to happen. This man here, Simeon, he's a just and he's a, he's a devout man. Consolation of Israel. That word consolation comes from the word comfort. Okay? Now, before I go any further, let me just read this. As aged Simeon held baby Jesus in his arms, he saw in that tiny infant the fulfillment of all the hopes and the dreams of the Jewish people across the centuries. To call Jesus the consolation of Israel, and that's exactly what those three words refer to, Jesus Christ himself. To call Jesus the consolation of Israel takes us back to the time of Abraham when the Lord promised that all the nations on the earth would be blessed through him. After that came the reaffirmation to Isaac and then to Jacob. Still later, God told Moses that one day a great prophet would come who would be unlike any other prophet before him. Still later, God promised David a son who would reign on his throne forever. And still later, God spoke through Isaiah and promised that a son would be born of a virgin and that his name would be called Emmanuel, God with us. 
and yet still later, Micah predicted that the Messiah would be born in Bethlehem. And all this takes place over hundreds of years. But what Simeon is thinking here, he's thinking back to what all these promises that at some point a prophet, a great prophet, a consolation of Israel was going to be born. And so why is it that they were looking for this great prophet? Why were they looking for this one that was going to be born? Because from the first, from the beginning, it seems like the people, God's people, have always been under oppression. It's been one battle after another, one war after another, okay? And it's during this time of war that the people, God's people, are under oppression. So they're, they're looking for, they're, they're hoping for someone that's going to come to their rescue and bring them out of that oppression. They've been waiting. Now, you fast forward. We're here in the book of Luke. We see that Simeon is about to experience this one that they consider the consolation of Israel. So for hundreds of years, they didn't see it. They just knew it was going to happen. And if we can see it this way, okay, because we know that Jesus came, you know that he was born, you know that he, he died. We know all this. It's beyond that. So what is it that we're waiting for now? We're waiting for the rapture. That is something that still needs to be fulfilled. I think so many of us would hope that that would be fulfilled within the next few weeks. Even so, this morning, come quickly, Lord God. We would hope. We're not there yet. And so why is it that we hope for this? Because the scripture tells us that the day is coming when the trumpet will sound. And so we're looking for that. And actually, even many have been looking for that for several hundred years. But it's closer today for us than it was for Paul during his time. We're much closer to that, but we're still looking forward to that. And again, how do we know about this? Because the word of God. How did they know about this prophet? How did Simeon know about it? Because it was something that they talked about for hundreds of years, and they were waiting for this one person. The oppression, the wars, being captured, taken, and, and, and uh, uh, just uh, losing all these battles, and and. and it, it just, they were saying, God, we need somebody. We need somebody to rescue us. And here's Simeon, a devout, just man. He's waiting for this consolation of Israel. The Holy Spirit was upon him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. So he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in Christ Jesus to do for him according to the custom of the law, what were they doing? It was eight days after, I believe, after he was born. Why was he there? He was being circumcised. They bring him to the temple. Okay? While they bring him to the temple, the Holy Spirit is working on Simeon, and the Holy Spirit is saying, go to the temple. Isn't it amazing the way the Holy Spirit works? I just, I just love it. I love it when, when I preach a message and someone afterwards tells me, Pastor, you were reading all my mail. How did you know everything about me? I didn't. 
I, I remember in one of my earlier exhortations behind a pulpit on a Thursday night at the church that I went to, I got up there and every Thursday morning, the pastor and the two assistants would go to first cafeteria. They would have their staff meeting. They would talk about the business of the church and they would come back. And so there we were that night on a Thursday night and we, uh, I just get up and I begin to exhort. I just begin to speak what God has given me, what the Holy Spirit has given me. And one of the assistant comes after me and says, Lewis, you're not going to believe this, but everything that you spoke of is what we discussed at the staff meeting. How did I know that? The Holy Spirit works that way. And so here, why is it that the Holy Spirit is working in Simeon? Get this, guys, get this, because he was a just and a devout man. Now, granted, the Holy Spirit can use, if he can use a donkey, but I think that, I think what's really important here is being a just and devout man, woman, Holy Spirit uses. And so the Holy Spirit is working in and through Simeon. And so he tells Simeon, he says, you're going to witness the, 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 the consolation of Israel before you die. And so we're reading this. He took him up in his arms and he blessed God. Lord, you are letting your servant depart in peace according to your word. For my eyes have seen your salvation, which you have prepared before the face of all peoples, a light to bring revelation to the Gentiles and the glory of your people Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at the things which were spoken of him. Then Simeon blessed them and said, Mary... His mother, behold, this child is destined for the fall and rising of many in Israel and for a sign which will be spoken against. And everything that Simeon just, just uh, spoke of, I need to I'll go up here. We know that everything that, that, that Simeon just, just spoke to Mary and Joseph about Jesus Christ and an infant, he experienced everything through life, everything. Then Simeon blessed him and said, uh, I'm sorry, verse 35, yes, a sword will pierce through your own soul. Also the thought, uh, thoughts of many hearts may be revealed. So we see this happening with Simeon. Again, at that time, here they are again. Where are they? They are needing comfort. In fact, let me go to Isaiah real quickly. Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah chapter 40, and this is what he says. Comfort, yes, comfort my people, says your God. Speak comfort to, to Jerusalem and cry out to her that her warfare is ended, that her inequity is pardoned, for she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. The voice of one crying in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for God. Who is Isaiah referring to right there? He's referring to John the Baptist. Every valley shall be exalted, every mountain and hill brought low. The crooked places shall be made straight, and the rough places smooth. The glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together, for the mouth of the Lord has spoken. So here we are once again. 
during the time of Simeon. Where is Israel? Where is the Jewish people? They are in need of comfort, just as they were hundreds of years ago. It seems like that, 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 that doesn't change. Because if you think about it, even in our own lives, there's times that we're way up here and things are going just great. You pray to God and your prayers are being answered. You look in your pantry and your pantry's full. You look at your checkbook and you got some money to go do some spending for yourself. Everything is just going great. And then things start going bad. We lose a loved one. We need comfort. Financially, gets, times get hard. We need comfort. There's turmoil within the family. We need comfort. This has been life. <laughs> this is the way life has been. And, and it's this way whether we serve God or not. It's just that's the way it is. The only thing for us is that our hope is in Christ when we go through these times. The consolation of Israel. This is where Simeon was at. This is where we're at today. So what are they looking for? They're looking for a king. They're looking for someone that's going to rescue them out of that place that they're in. And little do they know that when Simeon looked at him as a consolation of Israel, it's not necessarily to rescue them out of their all their physical uh, tribulations that they're going. He goes deeper than that. He goes much deeper than that. Friends, I want you to know, and you know, and this will be the only reference that I'll make to what we're experiencing right now as far as the COVID. We know for sure that those that are not serving God, we know for sure that their eyes are glued and their ears to hear, when are they going to pass this stimulus? How much is this stimulus going to be? Is it going to be $600? Is it going to be $700? Is it going to be $1,200 like it was several months ago? When are, they going to, when are they going to pass this? And they're saying that because they think that if it's $600, $700, or even $1,200, they think that when that money is deposited into the bank, everything's going to be okay. And I will guarantee you that the majority of the people that got a $1,200 stimulus check several months ago, I will guarantee you that the majority of that money has been spent and you're still miserable. Because money is not the answer to all your problems. It doesn't solve all your issues. Yeah, but pastor, it makes it a lot easier when I've got some money in the bank. <laughs> That's just it. Sometimes we put so much trust in our bank, our loan officers, our government. And friends, I want you to know that the gift of Jesus Christ is not necessarily to bail you out of whatever financial situation you're in. I will say this much, that if you're faithful in your tithing, God will bless you and he will pour out those, uh, all these things from, from heaven. But I will, I will also tell you this much. Because Teresa and I are faithful believers in tithing. We've, we've tithed since the very time I first heard uh, a message on tithing. And we've, we've given and we've given and we've given. And I'll tell you what, 
we've had some financial struggles. So I didn't depend on God to get me out of there. In fact, most of the financial struggles were probably because of the situation that I either got, my, well, I'll, I'll, I'll blame myself. It's situations I got myself into. I mean, most, most of you don't know this, but there was a time where I had to, I worked at McDonald's. That was my second job. <laughs> but I worked at McDonald's and I would go in like at midnight and I'd wash down the parking lot and uh, just do everything. And so just to bring in some extra income because we were struggling financially. And, and, and I was tithing. We were tithing. I, Teresa and I, we worked for a janitorial service for a few years because we were having financial problems. Did we depend on God to bail us out of that? Was that the whole reason? We'd give our tithe and we say, God... It's in your hands. What I'm simply saying is this. We need to look at the whole reason why Jesus came. We need to look at the real, whole reason why he's called the consolation of Israel. is because he comforts us in ways that this world could never comfort us. He satisfies us in ways that this world could never satisfy us. And so he is the greatest gift. Now look what happens. Not only did Simeon experience this. But now we look at verse 36. Now there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Panuel of the tribe of Asher. She was of great age. She had lived with a husband seven years from her virginity. And this woman was a widow of about 84 years who died not depart from, who, would, who did not depart from the temple and serve God with fasting and prayers night and day. Think about this lady, Anna. Becomes a widow. And while her whole life was re revolved around what? At the temple. And what was at the temple? That relationship with God. That love. That same, that same uh, love that, that Simeon had being just and devout. Anna was of the same nature. Hallelujah. And coming in that night or that instant, she gave thanks to the Lord and spoke of him to all those who looked for redemption in Jerusalem. Hallelujah. Well, I guess I can wrap this up. From generations, the promise were repeated from father to son, from mother to daughter, from family to family, from older to the younger. Jewish children were taught to pray for the Messiah's appearance. By the time you get to the first century, you have all these centuries of expectation built up in this great work, the life and times of Jesus and the Messiah. Alfred tells us that when Jesus was born, there was great excitement in the nation of Israel. While it is true that many people were not expecting anything, it's also true that many others were aware that something was up and that God was beginning to stir the pot of history. Some Jews thought, that, thought the Messiah would be a great political leader who would overthrow Rome, restore Israel to its rightful place in the world. Others thought the Messiah would be God himself. Still others expected a second Moses or a second Elijah. Confusion mixed with a general sense of expectation. Erdstein says that by the time Christ was born, one question above all others was on the lips of every expectant Jew. Why does Messiah delay his coming? 
Now, after all those years, after centuries of waiting, all God's promises were coming true as Simeon held the Messiah in his arms. That's what Luke means when he calls Jesus the consolation of Israel. As a famous Christmas carol says, the hopes and the fears of all the years are met in thee tonight. And so that's what happened during the time of Simeon and Anna. Jesus was born. I believe that because they were just in devout, because she spent all that time in the temple for 80-some years that she was reaching out, they recognized that he was the Messiah. Not in the sense of being rescued for their, any situations that they found themselves, but in their spirit, what he's provided for us, eternal life, everlasting life. Friends, I hope, my prayer is, and, and, and usually it's, it's this every, at the closing of every year, at the, the beginning of, of a new year, 2021. I would gladly bury 20, the year 20. I don't want to remember the year 20 anymore. But I will say this, we're not out of it yet. And if I may say that there is a lot of interesting situations that are going to come up here in the next few weeks. Okay, it's going to get very, very interesting. But I want to make something known to you. The Messiah is not Donald Trump and the Messiah is not Joseph Biden. The Messiah is Jesus Christ. And so we put our faith and our trust in the consolation of Israel, Jesus Christ himself. I said it earlier in the year, brace yourself. Brace yourself because in the next couple, couple, couple of weeks, there's going to be a turn of events that is going to just really cause you to open your eyes. But it should cause us to realize the only one that can get us out of this whole mess, it's not the government. It's Jesus Christ. He's our consolation. He's our comfort. And as I close, if for some reason that on January 20th, if Biden is inaugurated, Jesus is the one that will console us come 21. No one else. And so for that reason, for that reason, I strongly advise you that Jesus that you fell in love with when you first gave your life to him, fall in love with him all over again. That gift of the Holy Spirit that he gave you, embrace it every day. That armor of God that he's given us, put it on every day. And you will find comfort in that. Don't worry about the stimulus. If it comes, fine. If not, don't worry about it. If anything, it's going to make you more miserable. Because when it does show up, $600, you, you got to be kidding me. I was expecting $2,000. Guys, there is no satisfaction. The only thing that will fill that and satisfy is that greatest gift of all, Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. Amen. Well, I close with that. The Lord bless you. Oh, well, you know what? Wait, I can't close yet. Where's Bob at? We got one more song. I almost forgot about that song. Ladies, want to come up here and join them?
almost forgot about it. They didn't, they didn't practice this song, so they're just going to let her fly. We'll just let her fly with them, and um, we'll sing along. But uh, let me, uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance, and he will give you his peace. Amen. You guys, have a great holiday. Enjoy it. Let him be the joy of this season, Jesus Christ. Let him fill your hearts. Do the best you can. Get together with your families. Enjoy this time. And don't let, don't let what's going on around us rob you of that joy or that peace. Because he's our peace. Hallelujah. Well, it's a great song that we can finish off. Merry Christmas. Feliz Navidad. Everybody stand up. Everybody stand up. Hallelujah. Let him put that joy back into us. Amen. Hallelujah. Feliz Navidad, prospero año y felicidad. Feliz Navidad, prospero año y felicidad. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas. Of my heart, I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas. I want to wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Feliz Navidad. Prospero año y felicidad. Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, Feliz Navidad, prospero año y felicidad. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas, I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas, I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas from the bottom of my heart. I wish you a Merry Christmas. I wanna wish you a Merry Christmas.